Hello, this is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach, and I am the founder of PCOS Diva. And I am here today with Dr. Diane Ginsberg. And I uh, found Dr. Diane because I was listening to a webinar that she was giving about PCOS, and I was really blown away with her level of understanding about the syndrome and uh, some of the therapies that she was suggesting in the webinar. So I reached out to her to invite her to come on to my podcast so that you can all learn about this wonderful doctor. So welcome, Dr. Diane. Well, thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I just want to tell everybody a little bit about you. You completed your residency in obstetrics and gynecology at the Bowman Gray School of Medicine in North Carolina before Houston's sunny climate brought you to Texas, which today, being up in New Hampshire with yesterday was sub-zero, I'm pretty jealous right now. Um, yes, and actually it's, it's a beautiful, it's been rainy here, but we are probably 66 in the sunshine today, and today was the day of the Houston Marathon, so they had a nice run this morning. Oh, and you are a marathon runner, an accomplished marathon runner. I am. And I love to run, yep, and uh, I'm Ironman training now, so thank you. Wow, and a black belt in Taekwondo. Wow. Yeah, keep keeping me safe going into the hospital at night, right, to still deliver babies. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so you are um, an OBGYN, and I know that you have an interest in um, weight management and PCOS um, and, and healthy aging, too. Tell us about, um, you know, what you've been doing with, with anti-aging. Well, I'll, I'll give you a couple, another minute of background, which takes you takes me in this direction of okay. where I am now. Basically, I've been an OBGYN for 20 years, and I trained actually, yes, at Wake Forest. And I am 50 years old. I turned 50 this year. I was born in 64. Probably about eight years ago, I was doing my standard OBGYN, and I was one of those docs that would see PCOS on the rise and irregular periods and basically just give birth control pills and say, okay, go home and lose weight and go on to my next patient. As I got into my own mid-40s and started to see hormonal changes and more and more patients in my office with weight problems, young people that couldn't get pregnant, young people with irregular periods, I started to study a little more about why that happened and look into the nutrition part of it. And that's where I discovered the American Academy of Anti-Aging. And they're actually, they look at functional medicine. And it, mm -hmm. it seems in general medicine we've gotten away from why did this problem develop in the first place? And so I started to take a look at some of the reasons why it developed, and that's when I boarded an anti-aging and regenerative medicine and started to use more of the micronutrient testing and look at people's diet and lifestyle um, at what they were doing and how that affected what their hormones were doing, what their periods were doing, and that's what brought me to my interest also in, in PCOS to really try to help people get better. They would come back on pills and say, well, I'm not better, or they would take birth control pills and then go off them and still not be able to get pregnant. I also have two boys, one is 20 and one is 16, who both have pretty significant dyslexia and learning differences, and I believe this blood sugar dysregulation and a little bit of this toxic society and different genetic predispositions probably caused that in my own family. And so Today, it's not just about anti-aging. I'd like people to age healthy, 
also I look at rectangularization of, of aging. And one of the things that we practice in our office is what's called uh, uh, the balanced interventional wellness, and it's something that we trademarked. And I believe balanced interventional wellness is a balance of your nutrients, your stress, your diet, and your activity. And once you balance that back in the body, most disease process can be reversed. And that's what brings me to my interest with OB-GYN and infertility and PCOS. Mm. And I, I love that um, that kind of triangle, the stress, the nutrient deficiency, the sleep. Um, I really, as a health coach with women with PCOS, you know, I really take a holistic approach because it, it's so much more than, you know, be given, you're given a, you know, quote-unquote magic pill from the doctor sent on your way told, told to lose weight. And it really is a, it takes a holistic lifestyle change, I think, to be able to manage PCOS. And um, it, it sounds like the work that you've done with functional medicine has really shifted the way that you think about treating women with PCOS. Well, let's let's take a minute, and, and maybe this can help everybody. A lot of problems is with PCOS is that people come in and say, okay, I have this diagnosis, or somebody just kind of, they have irregular periods, they have their weight gain, and somebody kind of gives them a t-shirt that says, okay, you have PCOS, here's your pills, have a nice day. So let's go back, and I want everybody to understand where we believe it's coming from. Now, remember, the diagnosis of PCOS, or or I should say where it comes from, or the etiology is, some people think it's a blood sugar insulin problem. Some people say there's no real black and white reason where it comes from. A lot of people say it's got a genetic predisposition, although it makes sense because if, if, if you have a blood sugar problem or an inflammation or a stress problem, chances are your mother and your grandmother did because, as I told you before we started recording, my mom always said the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. So I want everybody that's listening to kind of understand maybe the basics of ovulation, understand where it comes from, and then we can see why the pills aren't really the answer, but your lifestyle changes are. So your body is meant to right, have a baby every month, so you need to ovulate. So you, the typical healthy female will have a period. After the bleeding or as the bleeding is finishing, her estrogen starts to rise again, and mid-cycle on day 14, something called her luteinizing hormone will rise and she will ovulate. She then secretes progesterone, which will hopefully keep the baby alive when the egg meets the sperm. What we believe happens in dysregulated cycles, often associated even with blood sugar problems, is the female estrogen, male androgen ratio is a problem. If insulin and blood sugar is off depending upon diet, lack of sleep, stress, the female will secrete too many male hormones and that ovulation won't happen. If there is just too much stress in general, then the progesterone will spin to something called cortisol or adrenaline, which keeps the fight-or-flight response, and, of course, the body's not going to have a baby when it's too busy running from the tiger. So one of the, the, the things that happens is instead of the nice single um, egg that gets ovulated, the ovary in this dysregulated state makes a bunch of little cysts. It almost gets confused because of the blood sugar problem and the cortisol problem. And the little cysts that show up on the ultrasound is where the poly 
polycystic ovarian syndrome diagnosis comes from. So let's, but we want to go back and say, how did that develop? Well, what did the patient do in her lifestyle? What was her diet? What was her sleep? What was her stress? And was that to an excessive point that her body couldn't handle that, even though maybe her best friends could, and that caused that ovulatory dysregulation to a point where she's bleeding irregularly or not bleeding at all with that diagnosis. Now she goes to the doctor, and the doctor takes all the control out of her, puts her on birth control pills, and her system bleeds, but the actual problem isn't there. Do you think that helped a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think um, I have a real problem with the birth control pill as a treatment for women with PCOS. I know I've talked a lot about it on my site. It really becomes more of a Band-Aid. You know, you're not treating the underlying condition, but it also can increase insulin resistance. And women with PCOS, I think a lot of doctors don't tell you that you're at an elevated risk for blood clots, um, on on the pills. So and it also decreases libido and um you know, it just becomes can become a real issue. So I would love to hear um alternatives to you know, the the pill as a prescription for PCOS. You know, what can women do besides the pill to help treat this condition? Okay, great question. So number one, sometimes we will have women that will have a such irregular bleeding with PCOS, because remember, PCOS isn't just no periods, but sometimes on the pathway they'll have a lot of bleeding. Sometimes the doc will use the birth control pill as a short-term Band-Aid. So I don't want to completely, completely demonize the pill, because I've had a handful of patients where if if they have no periods and then I start to do some of the things I'm going to tell you and their estrogen levels rise, and they make too much uterine lining, then they start bleeding all the time. So I have had a, a, a percentage of patients that I use the pill short term, get okay. them in a situation where they're at least ovulating, or not ovulating, they're at least bleeding, so on a, on a controlled basis while we're, just, while we're regulating out their system. One of the big things with the birth control pill, though, is it will give you a B vitamin deficiency. So whether you have PCOS mm-hmm. or are just on it for birth control, everybody on a birth control pill, as you know, needs a B-complex. So so having said that, let's go back to the insulin resistance, inflammation kind of dysregulated system. We want to work on that system. So the first thing we need to do is say, why is our insulin dysregulated? One of the biggest reasons is is because there's a dysregulation in the blood sugar. What will dysregulate blood sugar? Number one, what you're eating in the morning. Your body is meant to do to to sleep through the night, pull on your fat that's there through the night, and wake up in the morning and eat a whole food type of meal, not a immediate high sugar. So cereal, toast, not Greek healthy yogurt, but like Yoplait or Yaku, any of those sugary morning things or the bagel that people run out the door with will cause a massively elevated blood sugar. Then what happens is the insulin goes up. Then at 10 o'clock in the morning, the patient's hungry again because blood sugar runs low and they feed that again with sugary types of snacks or fruit. That will cause a dysregulated 
system. So my number one thing to encourage people to do is eat a reasonable whole food breakfast and don't be afraid of healthy fats. So we tell mm-hmm. people to eat eggs. I tell them to eat avocados. I don't have a problem with some fruit. Just don't eat fruit by itself. Blend it with that protein. Um, the, the high fat, full fat Greek yogurts. Um, it's, a lot of patients will like a little bit of oatmeal as long as it's steel cut oats because we want to put healthy grains in them if they're going to eat a little bit of that. But it's balanced with the sugar and the fat. It's not a problem. I also don't think you have to eat, like when did we wake up and have to eat Captain Crunch? You can eat a leftover piece of chicken for breakfast with a little bit of sweet potato. In other words, I think the key is to balance your blood sugar in the morning. If you do that, you will pull gently on that sugar and fat through the day. You won't be starving. You'll be able to eat lunch at a reasonable time, at a reasonable hour. So keeping your diet as stable and balanced as possible is number one. Number two, we know that nutrient deficiencies, depending upon how healthy your intestinal system is, can cause a massively dysregulated system. So even if you think you're eating right, if your uh, intestinal or gut bacteria is not in a good place because you're not sleeping. For example, when I was a resident, I was working 36-hour shifts. No matter how healthy I tried to eat, there's no way I had healthy gut bacteria. It was just impossible. So people that fly on a plane, the three times I learned from the American Academy of Anti-Aging that your entire gut bacteria blows up is flying in an airplane, running a long-distance race, or any kind of surgery. So so maintaining healthy, especially in this travel age, maintaining healthy flora in your in your intestines with a good probiotic is definitely instrumental, definitely. Mm-hmm. Number two, vitamin-wise, okay, the two main vitamins you want to get in everybody is omega-3, which is in your fish oil, not 3, 6, and 9. Like some people will buy 3, 6, and 9 or 6 and 9. Omega-6 is in most of our processed food. And even if you're trying to eat clean, if you go out to dinner, you don't know the oils that they're cooking in. So we generally are a society of high levels of omega-6. So if you take a pharmaceutical grade, like you have talked to me about that that you recommend to your patients, a pharmaceutical grade omega-3, that will balance, that's an anti-inflammatory against the inflammation. That will drop the inflammation, which will stabilize also blood sugar, which will stabilize the hormone cascade. Also, I tell patients, and we know the importance of vitamin D, but here's specifically why vitamin D is instrumental, I think, in PCOS patients. There's two receptors on every cell in your body, only two, vitamin D and thyroid. So if D is low, that will put your body into a hibernation state, right? The body will think it's winter. It's going to hold on to fat. It's going to shut down your metabolism. It's going to think it's got to hibernate and save nutrients. So if you are already somebody who genetically is a little more predisposed to not be able to handle blood sugar dysregulation, if your diet is not as clean as we'd like it, if your sleep is not eight hours where we want it. That's all stressors in your body creating blood sugar dysregulation in your blood. So again, that stress state, pre-hibernation state, will shut down your metabolism. There's a great book by a woman named T.S. Wiley called Lights Out, and she she talks about pre-hibernation state with elevated cholesterol to keep your cells healthy through the cold winter and elevated sugar to prevent your blood from freezing. 
So the body is smart. And if it is doing certain things, it is doing it often to protect itself from the environment. It's so, so sometimes the development of PCOS comes from a shutdown because of what we put the body through, which is where your life coaching can come in and help. SpectraCell does a test um, called micronutrient deficiencies where you can look at even if you're eating right. We run SpectraCell testing on all of our patients, and we try to replenish the nutrients that are there. It'll look at your blood sugar dysregulation. It'll look at how you metabolize fructose. It looks at your oxidative stress. All of these are massively instrumental in figuring out where each particular PCOS patient kind of has fallen off the the straight and narrow to develop this problem. And they'll also do uh, something called a cardiometabolic panel, which looks at blood sugar markers, cholesterol particles. You can't look at standard cholesterol numbers anymore because the old-fashioned numbers don't reflect what's going on in the body. You can have a low normal cholesterol and a massively dysregulated state because if your body is that dysregulated, sometimes your liver will stop making cholesterol completely. So a low cholesterol can be a problem. So we look at that in patients. And then last but not so, least. Oh, can, can I just interrupt sorry. there? Um, sorry. So you have the, spec, the spectra cell, um the panel. Now, how can a patient advocate for themselves, and how can they find a doctor that would run those kind of tests? If they look up micronutrient testing or SpectraCell and the city that they're in, SpectraCell's got a great website, and they will find a provider or a draw system near them. We okay. do I'm, also I'm a lot the of link. okay. Yes, post SpectraCell, and we do a lot of um, Skype consults. Like I, we did a special oh. Skype consult the other day to Italy and Brazil. So, in other words, a lot of docs, we do those because it's so hard to find an OB-GYN kind of hormone functional medicine kind of person. So I have a bunch of positive things to say. If you post the Spectra Cell link, they have, and people go to Clinical Education Center on that link and then look at the webinar archives there's lectures that I think are very understandable, not just by physicians, but, but by patients that will talk about nutrient deficiencies in certain um, disease states and talk about the test itself. And uh, like I said, if they want to call our office, we're happy to do. We do a ton of Skype consults. They can get their blood drawn in their city, and we can go over it over the phone. But SpectraCell will give you a ton of info on their website. Great, and and we'll be um, posting your information under the call as well. So under oh, the that would be great, recording. thank you. Yeah. So so we were talking about the nutrient deficiencies. So so by replacing those, whether it's your blood sugar is really a problem and your chromium is a problem because chromium will be very low in people with blood sugar problems because chromium and insulin go hand in hand in keeping blood sugar stable. So if you're somebody that has a blood sugar dysregulation, you may have used up all your chromium. Now your insulin's not happy because it doesn't have its friend to do what it needs to, so the insulin gets more dysregulated. That's the vicious cycle that some of the patients will find themselves in. So you can find that in your spectra cell test and know exactly mm-hmm. what to replace. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I go back to even if you think you're doing everything right food-wise, there are so many things that affect the GI tract that people just don't realize. Chronic stress can make a massive difference in how that bacteria is affected. 
And uh, so that's where we look at nutrient deficiencies. And what I last what I was going to say when I talk about exercise, I personally am a marathon runner. I enjoy it. I try not to do too many in a year because I know how taxing that is on the body. What I want to talk to PCOS patients about, though, is that they need to strength train. They need to do more intervals. Again, the classic PCOS patient will go to their doc, be told to lose weight, so immediately they're cutting their calories, and now they go, I'm going to run more. And three days a week, they're trying to walk or run. And they're taking a stressed-out system and stressing it more. Yes. So imagine in caveman days, right, The with the with and the body hasn't changed in a long time. What would happen is is that they did a lot of day-to-day lifting. They had to build their home. They had to hunt. They had to gather. And, and even animals today, I always tell people, zebras don't get PCOS because they sleep, they run intervally, they get their food, they do what they need to do. Even the lion, that dude's a walking muscle, right? He runs only when he has to. He sleeps in the sun. So when PCOS patients are looking at an exercise profile, especially since we're all so busy, what they need to look at is to be efficient and not to just go walk three miles. So remember, when we eat, 85% of what we eat goes to sugar and goes straight to our skeletal muscle. It's got to feed our muscles. It's got to feed our brain. It's got to feed our heart. The rest gets turned into long-chain fatty acids and stored so it can get pulled on when you're sleeping or when you're in times of famine. Well, what will happen if you're in a fight-or-flight kind of broken-down state? Your body will often use your muscle. Muscle, remember, is expensive to keep. Fat is cheap. So a lot of PCOS patients have a dysregulated fat-muscle ratio. So if you take that and you run it, it will create more stress and you'll hold on to what you eat after that workout. Whereas if you give the body resistance training, and it can be a good yoga class, it can be a body pump, it can be uh, working out with a trainer, anything, your YMCA class, something, and you don't have to use heavy weights. You can use your own body. You can do push-ups. You can do sit-ups. You can do the plank. You can stand up and down in a chair. You can Whatever you can do to work your resistance. Um, Academy sells those bands. They're like those resistance bands. They can be done any time, any place. If you build so, that muscle mass, go ahead. Oh, I just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just, um, I love Body Pump, by the way. I, I talk about that mm-hmm. all the time. But I get a lot of emails from women and, and posts from women that say that they already have elevated testosterone, and their doctors are telling them, don't work out with weights because it's just going to increase your testosterone, or you're going to get, you know, you're going to have huge muscles because of the extra testosterone. Could you address that for us? Yes, and I hear that all the time, and it's just plain wrong. It's yeah. wrong. There's no way you're going to lift, a, you know, small resistance bands or your own female body weight and build and build bulk. The reason their, your test, their testosterone is elevated goes back to what I said in the beginning. What happens is, is if your blood sugar is dysregulated and insulin is elevated, insulin, a lot of the new literature shows, will act directly on the ovaries to make androgens. So that's where it comes from. The second thing that happens is when the body is dysregulated in the fight-or-flight state, cortisol is up, and cortisol will pack fat on your belly, right? So you can fight or flight for the winter. In your abdomen or that belly fat that you have, 
you will turn um, testosterone into estrogen and back and forth. So it, it's that cyst. So that's why you'll see those PCOS patients, they have insulin acting on their ovaries. The testosterone's elevated. Their estrogen is elevated from what's going on in the body fat, and that's the dysregulated state. If you lift to an appropriate amount, what you will find is you will give that blood sugar somewhere to go when you eat it. And remember, now we're not eating that high sugary just oatmeal in the morning, so the sugar is not going to be through the roof in the morning, and you're going to stabilize it through the day. What will happen is is that the ovaries won't make so much testosterone, and those numbers will go down. You're not. There's no way a female, an average female, is going to lift their way to too much bulk or too much muscle mass in this situation. It's just wrong. Well, thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, I know personally I've seen a tremendous um, improvement in the my body composition from doing body pump two times a week. Um, and And that high intensity interval training, it's just so much more effective than I call it chronic cardio, you know, just on the treadmill for an hour. Um, it, it definitely helps and, and it impacts the cortisol. Um, and maybe you could, can you talk just a little bit more about that kind of hormone cascade when sure. we have chronic stress um, and high cortisol? Sure. So, so the the way the hormone cascade is put together is B5 and carbon chains and cholesterol come together in the body to make the mother hormone called pregnenolone. Pregnenolone will then be converted into estrogen and also testosterone and then after ovulation into progesterone, right? That's I'm going to have a baby part. The glands on our kidneys, called our adrenal glands, make the fight-or-flight hormones. Real, real different or real significant differentiation. I, and here's where I explain it to my patients. You get up in the morning and it's time to start your day. If you imagine you've been sleeping, when you open your eyes, people don't realize this, when you open your eyes, you just say, okay, i got to get up, i got to brush my teeth, i got to get the kids off, i got to do this, my boss is going to yell at me, I didn't get this done. <laughs> okay, your body has gone from laying still to 400 miles an hour. Interesting, and I learned this from a brilliant woman who, who speaks often at, at American Academy of Anti-Aging called Lena Edwards. About two hours before you get up in the morning, the adrenal glands actually disconnect from the brain, and they make two things. Adrenaline, right, that's fight or flight. That is a hormone that is is made from your pregnenolone that will elevate your blood pressure, get your heart rate up, get your muscles moving, so you can actually perform the acts you need. Well, that needs to be fed, and that gets fed with sugar. That's where cortisol, the other main hormone, comes in. And cortisol is what's called a glucocorticoid, right, sugar corticoid. It dumps sugar into the bloodstream to feed the adrenaline. The adrenaline says, get this heart rate up, give me sugar. Cortisol goes, got it. So that's prepped and ready to go. Now adrenal glands rehook, eyes open, brain says, let's go, and the day starts. What you're supposed to do is get up, deal with your day, 
and at the hopefully not be stressed all day mentally, but on top of that, have had eight hours sleep because that's a stressor. Hopefully have eaten a decent non-blood sugar dysregulating breakfast because blood sugar dysregulation is a stressor. You could pile everything else on. If your gut bacteria is a problem, that's a stressor. If you have just had surgery, that's a stressor. If you have an autoimmune problem, which I could talk down the road on, it's a problem. All of these things are stresses. Your body can't differentiate that. So if you are somebody that has all these things going on, which most of us do, run into the airport, the worried whether school's closed, your body, which is meant to just get up, use the adrenaline, use the cortisol, and then finally calm down an hour or two later, has that constantly dumping into their system. That is what's draining your system from making healthy hormones. I always say if everybody's working at home and there's plenty of money, you can buy the car and pay your mortgage and shop where you want and go on vacation, you lose your job and, man, everything shuts down. That's kind of the hormone system. So you have this B5 and you have these carbon chains and you have this cholesterol making pregnenolone, but if it's constantly making adrenaline and cortisol, adrenaline and cortisol, it won't make hormones. There's just not enough to go around. Now, estrogen is massively important in the female brain. It keeps the brain, all the hormones are, but estrogen is huge with memory. So the body will spare that estrogen, sacrifice that progesterone, and make cortisol. And we call that the pregnenolone steal. Cortisol steals pregnenolone from making healthy hormones. That's where your lifestyle balance becomes significant. So I tell people my magic five is eight hours sleep, vitamin D, omega-3, weights and intervals, and whole food diet. Oh, Those I love that. five things, if you would do that, I tell people we wouldn't have a health care crisis. And you yeah. would probably reverse 90% of PCOS. Mm, I agree. Can you Can you say that again for us? What are um, your magic five? Magic five are, what did I say, eight hours sleep, weights and intervals, Omega-3, I tell people 2,000 of omega, 2,000 of D, and a whole food diet. Yeah. And your weights and intervals, you mentioned that, those actually come off biosphere studies. That They did studies where they put people in artificial biosphere and they looked at their cellular health. And what they found is that a 40% caloric restriction, the cell just, man, kicked it. Kind of like everybody's heard the story of the lady that took the kid off her car, the car off her kid, right? In the accident, like all this adrenaline and strength came in. Our cells are meant to do that. They're meant to really kick it in times of starvation. So the, what happened though in the 40% caloric restriction is everybody was so hungry all the time they couldn't even function. So, and in bringing that to reality, you create some of that by doing two things a weights and intervals where you'll do 20 to 30 minutes of weights and 20 to 30 minutes of intervals four days a week. And we, you and I talked a little bit about this, a 12-hour fast, four nights a week from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. if you don't eat. That creates a fast, and it creates a stress state. And if you're eating a whole food diet and you're not loaded with all the sugar, that's where your body will start to burn your fat while you're sleeping to 
weight will go down. Insulin will stabilize. Growth hormone actually goes up as as you burn fat, and growth hormone makes us fit and feel better. So so that's where that whole balance comes in. So it's four days a week of those eight weights and intervals and a 12-hour fast four days a week. Six to six is what they preferred, but I get it that people have life and work. So if you're eating dinner at 6.30 or 7 and you're doing a seven to seven fast, it's fine. Yeah, and that and and I think that really works. That's what I do, and um, I usually have a cup of like herbal tea, you know, seven or eight o'clock, and um, and then I'm ready, you know, for bed. I'm I'm usually in bed mm-hmm. by nine, so um, it's so doable because then you're up again at six, and you have the um, you know the low glycemic, um, you know, protein rich breakfast, and um, it's, it hasn't been that difficult to do at all. I find. Absolutely, and, uh, and, and people say, oh, I can't fall asleep. There's two times that your body has a natural drop to go to sleep. One is about 2 o'clock in the afternoon where, you, where the body naturally gets a little bit fatigued. I always say in Mexico they're smart, they siesta, and in Europe they have teeth. And when it gets dusk at night, the pineal gland, which is the gland in your brain, sees it's getting dark, knows it's time to find shelter, and body tries to shut down. One of the problems I think we have in society today is the computer and all of that in the bedroom, and people are are so active into the dark with the light that they miss that window, and then they lay down in bed at 10, 11 o'clock, and you get one of two things. Either they're watching the news, which please nobody do that at 10, 11 o'clock at night because you will never be healthy if you don't sleep. And number two, it wires your brain. So sleep hygiene becomes very instrumental here. This is just not complicated to fix. And that's where your herbal tea. We do a lot of essential oils, peace and calm, lavender, um, Mm -hmm. some of the essential oils you can rub them on. Those are great at night. I'm old-fashioned. I tell people read a book. Don't read your Kindle. Don't get the computer stuff. Yeah. Put on a you know a little bit of a light and and read something that's going to make you think a little bit. You know, don't get deep into a mystery novel, but some some kind of maybe educational material or something. I'll read, and then those things naturally just kind of bring you down, and so you can get to sleep at a reasonable hour. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Epsom salt baths. I think mm-hmm. like that warm bath with a little bit of magnesium just really helps me calm down and you know put some essential oil in the bath too um, absolutely it's yeah i think it's 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 true you need to find some some sleep hygiene strategies if you're having trouble getting to sleep i i like to tell my clients in bed you know asleep by 10 and up by 6 i think that really matches with that circadian rhythm um and it, it seems to really help people's hormones kind of come back into balance, too. And I think you'll be more effective. I, I think that we spend a lot of time spinning our wheels. I know I didn't do that in med school. There were times when I spent so many weekends studying, and I'm like, you know what, if I had just focused, slept, and taken myself to the movies, I probably would have been more efficient. Something that people have to understand, too, is that the body will always win. When it, your brain is 30, uh, 20% of your ATP or your energy that you use and only 2% of your body weight, and at the end of the day, your brain is depleted in energy. It doesn't have what's called ATP to function, and it needs to make that energy. So ATP is energy. you got to make that when you're sleeping. So if you cut your sleep short, 
you won't make ATP. Your body will feel it the next day. We'll throw that pregnenolone steel cascade again. And that's where the sugar cravings come from, too. Because yeah. if your body's behind the eight ball and it needs more sugar to function, it can't stay in front of it, you'll crave. Yeah, so so um, reducing stress, getting more sleep, um, looking at your your minerals and, and um, micronutrients. And your micronutrients and how you need to to supplement um, and practicing that magic five. I mean, you've given us so many great tips in in this short um, interview, you, and you talk really fast, so we can get I'm we can sorry. get a lot in. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, but I I want you to leave us with a, a message of hope. I always ask um, docs, you know how to take what can often be, um, you know, so many women feel very hopeless. You know, they're told that they'll never get pregnant or Mm -hmm. they have to be on metformin or the pill for the rest of their life. Um, Or, you know, they're told to lose weight and not given any strategies like you've given us today. Um, And they're really hopeless. So I I like to leave um, these calls on, on with a message of hope. So shoot. Um, Okay. So, so, Number one, what what's coming is functional medicine. So wherever they are, find somebody local that practices a type of functional medicine. I believe in allopaths. I mean, I am a MD, fellow of the American College of OB/GYN. I've just kind of stepped outside the box into functional medicine, and it, and there are doctors all over the country that are moving in that direction. So wherever they are, if they can lean to somebody that practices functional medicine that will help um number two it's it's really about my biggest frustration that i find even in my office is it's about taking the step to, to carry it home and and do kind of the right thing day to day and to realize that the pill doesn't solve it so what it's it's i want to tell pcos patients don't be hopeless but you guys have the control and you have the ability to reverse this on your own. It's, mm-hmm. it's not in anybody else's hands. So I don't want you depending on your doc. I'm okay if you're on the pills and, and it's giving you normal periods for a while, but, but understand what your own body is and feed it well and rest it and step outside the box a little bit and look at healthy sleep habits and find somebody that, that can, like I said, that will te- talk to you a little bit about functional medicine and, and, and do a little bit of stuff in the gym where you're, you're building your own body and your own muscle. And I promise if you do that and watch what you're eating, that is the most important thing. I, it, it, you'll get better. You'll get you'll get better. Yeah, and and we see that happening all the time um, here at PCOS Diva. You know, wonderful success stories when you do when when women start taking control of their lifestyle mm-hmm. and their PCOS. So so great great advice, and and it's just been such a pleasure to to have you um, on the call today, and and I I can't wait to have you back. I mean, you're just a, a wealth of knowledge, Dr. Diane. Well, it's my pleasure, and we are actually in the process of doing our website. So in about a month, my old website that is up now is going to go down, and we've got a brand-new site coming up. And the reason I did that is I'm dividing this new site into not only stuff we do in our office, 
but I like to create a big section of it that's nothing but info. In other words, we're, it's something that people can go to because there aren't a lot of allopaths, a lot of MDs that do do what I do, the functional medicine stuff, so that really take everything that we gave, what I gave you guys, and we're going to do video presentations. Uh, it's all going to be free. And info and what sites people can go to to learn about different genetic problems and how they can figure out, you know, how they can help themselves and protocols that they can follow. So in the next month to two months, I'm hoping that will go up, and we'll just be, we're going to do a blog and try to put new info on just to get more real functional info out to everybody. So give me a, a month, month and a half, and I hope to provide info kind of like you do, Amy, that we can really help everybody. Oh, fantastic. Um, I can't wait to to see it. But in the meantime, um, tell us how we can reach you now. You know, What's your phone number? What What's the current website? Well, my my name is Diane Ginsberg, and we have I have a kind of a double website. It's Women's Specialty Healthcare, Women's W O M E N S Specialty Healthcare, and then I have a site that kind of goes with it, Specialty Healthcare and Wellness, because we also do athletes and male health and low testosterone. Because same thing, the PCOS kind of links the guys with the low T. It all goes, I think it all follows the same thing. And we, we just don't want to shoot people up with hormones or just give guys testosterone. What we want to do is fix their dysregulation so they can do it themselves. Um, and we're in Houston, Texas. And my office number is 281-220-2069. But if everybody Googles Diane Ginsburg, Houston, that should come up. Go to our site. We've got a bit of info on there now, but in the next couple months, um, we've got a brand new site coming up that'll that'll really give people info. I think to help them. Great, and when it's ready, I'll put the the word up there that um, you, you know you're open for business. Perfect, and and again, one good read. It's, it's tough read, but it read lights out by T. S. Wiley. It's a very very interesting read that talks about blood sugar and insulin and sleep and the light bulb and, and kind of how that affects everybody. And she goes into stuff, things that I talked a little bit about, how elevated cholesterol and sugar has a purpose and if we can fix that in people because of their stress. So it's a it's a kind of a, a real neat, she's a Ph.D., and it's, it's a really wonderful read. I've read the book about 50 times, and I get something out of it every time I read it. Oh, great. I, well, I will post <clears throat> the link to that as well. Oh, perfect. Oh, Lights Out by T.S. Wiley. Yeah, it's a, it's a great read. It, it, it is. Well, you know, I'm going to have to take a sip of water. Hold on. <clears throat> you should be the one without the voice, not me. Um, no, I'm good. It was a pleasure. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, well, thank you so much, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.